And now, Ravage Love. Week two of Halloween month. Julie! Hello! How are you? I am so good and so ready for spooky season. Spooky season is the best season. And we here in Ontario, anyways, are having a very beautiful fall. So I'm just really leaning into, like, my basic witch lifestyle. I've had multiple pumpkin spice lattes, scarves, cute boots. I'm thriving, Renee. Thriving. I am mad that you are saying that because Edmonton, for those who aren't aware, is just brown always. Um, Except for the one road near my house um, because it seems to be the only place in Edmonton where we get red leaves. And so every year on this main busy road, all of these cars line up and they take pictures with the leaves, like the people take pictures with the leaves. And so we call them leafers (laughs) um, as we only see them this time of year. Um, And then it's gone. We get like three weeks and then boom, it's winter. So if we could just hold off on snow till after Halloween. That's fair. That's fair. Good. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. I got you. Um, Because we here at Ravage Love, we love Halloween as a result. We are going to be reading spooky stories for the entire month of October. And not just that, we're not just bringing you some Halloween Halloween greatness. Um, We're also going to ask you to uh, play along with us. Yes. Yeah, so we're playing Halloween Bingo, and I went to painstaking efforts to make the bingo cards that you can find on our Instagram. Um, And so I guess we had a few questions on how to actually play. So I'm going to just go through it real quick. So... um, the words on the card are all randomized. So I'd like it that everybody just pick one card, but I'll never know if you get more than one. Um, and then any sort of bingo, like four corners, a line, a diagonal, doesn't matter. But what you're looking for are the Halloween words on the card being said during either our explanation of the book or our reenactment. So if I was like, Julie, um, I got COVID from a bat this week. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't put bat on that one because... No. It wasn't part of the book. It was just part of Renee's day-to-day lifestyle. That's right. That's right. Um, so if you have any more questions, like feel free to text us or message us through Instagram and we'll do our best to answer them. And then uh, the first three people to submit their cards get a $5 e-gift card to either um, the Kindle store, the Kobo store, or Indigo. Awesome. Yeah. So play along with us, friends, because if last week was any indication that we are going to some wacky places this month and I am super pumped to get into it. So let's just do it. Let's do it. Hop in. Hop in. So my book this week was called Pumpkin Spice Pie Jinx, like (laughs) P-I-E dash J-I-N-K-S. Oh, I hate puns. I know you do. And that is legitimately why I picked this book. I was like scrolling through the the Kobo store and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this a dad joke in the title? (laughs) It's going to trigger Renee's rage. Um, So Pumpkin Spice Pie Jinx was written by Selena J. Eckert. And she's based out of the U.S. And she's actually a neuroscientist by day. Uh, who, and I quote, writes stories about women who can not only overcome their circumstances, but also grow and overcome the demons that live within their own hearts and minds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she writes a lot of supernatural things, um, likes a little bit of magic in her romance. And she also runs like a side hustle. Uh, She helps people write and copy edit 
So I will say the writing of this book was strong. Um, it mm -hmm. is a Kobo book that I think was just like a couple bucks. So uh, the cover is a real journey. And so as always, I encourage you to go to our Instagram or Twitter to uh, see the covers of our books. But um, Selena J. Eckert is a Christian that mm. is prominent on her website and in the acknowledgements of the book. So I'm going to say that so that you kind of understand where my book is going. So let me paint you a picture of what Pumpkin Spice Pijanks was. It starts with a woman named Reese who quits her job to open a bakery out of her house called Pijanks. Um, the... She makes delicious pies, but she also adds a little something special to the pie. So right from the jump, you find out that it's not really explained, but like kind of witchy. She's got some magic. So she sprinkles in different uh, potions and stuff into her pies. And the only thing that really kind of identifies her as being witchy or of another world is that her hair changes color with her mood. Oh. Um, and she has a hob, which uh, is a hobbit basically, named Taya that lives in a gingerbread house in Reese's house, um, a gingerbread house that Reese made for her. And she's a cranky little hobbit um, who sleeps all day and works all night. And so Reese is grateful for the help because she basically lives, lets her live there free room and board in exchange for her help. Um, but she's, she's a little cranky um, and gets mad if you make too much noise because she's just trying to sleep during the day. So right from the get go, you get the sense that it's like normal for people to be witchy. Um, so it's like, in contemporary society and everything is the same as here but it's normal for people to be you know hobbits or witches or anything like that so um she's kind of struggling because she quit her job started this bakery and work's been a little bit slow so she's really really worried about money and she finds out that there's a competition where you can win a contract to be supplying desserts to the prince and you just sort of get a contract and that would be tons of money so she's like oh my god oh my god i really gotta like buckle down and come up with a really good recipe but then she's visited by two kind of creepy looking children um, who, yeah, right away I was like, whoo, here's the horror. She have a house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then she quickly discovers like, oh, these are not actually children. These are fairies dressed as children. Uh, oh, okay. And fairies are a little bit trickster-ish. So she doesn't trust them right away. Um, and they give her a bunch of coins and say, please make me your absolute favorite pie. And here's some money for it. So she's like, okay. Um, and then they come to pick up the pie. She makes them a blueberry pie because that's her favorite. She loves blueberry and she makes them a blueberry pie and then they come and pick it up, but then they kind of put something in her drink. Um, and then she starts to feel really funny and then they ask her all these questions and she's kind of feels like she's in a trance. Um, and then all of a sudden they just leave and she's like, that's weird. Then her mom calls to say, oh my God, someone's tanking your website with one-star reviews. Like you're getting all these terrible reviews. What's going on? <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, I don't know. Then she goes to check on her website, crashes completely. So then she's like, oh my God, how am I going to get any orders? How am I going to do my job? Then um, she's baking. It gets really hot in her house and the kind of the windows get steamed up. And then she sees in the writing on the window, someone with their finger wrote, shouldn't you be baking right now? <gasps> she's like, oh no, do I have like a stalker? Um, and then weird shit just keeps happening where she feels like she's being followed. There's like weird sounds in her house, uh, more messages. Then she goes into town and has a meet cute with a tall, gangly, cute man with a British accent. Can't get enough. 
Um, turns out he works for the Harvest Festival, which is where she's going to have the competition. So she's like, oh my God, that's great. You're hot as hell. Also, I'm here because um, I'm actually coming to town to get the paperwork because I want to apply. And he's like, oh, awesome. Can't wait to try your pie. And I'm like, could this be a cool double entendre? It wasn't. Um, <laughs> turns out he's actually the prince who had kind of uh, pretended to be working for the city because he wanted to just scope out uh, a hottie in town because his parents are really on him to get married and they won't let him marry a human. So he's trying to find a kind of a witchy, magical woman to marry, but doesn't want to say like, oh, hey, I'm the prince, because then people will just throw themselves at him. And he's looking for authentic love. Okay. Gold diggers. Um, obs. So then it turns out that the creepy little children slash fairies that show up at her house are actually his sprites that are messing with her um, because they're trying to draw her attention back to baking a really good pie because they want her <laughs> to win the competition so that she can marry the prince because she's, they're like, if you, so they, <laughs> so again, the prince has little fairies and they fuck off into town and they're like, I'm going to find him a woman so that his, I don't know, make his life easier. Um, and they pose as children and or find this cute woman and they're like bake us a great pie and then when they taste the blueberry pie they're like okay this woman's got the chops she could actually win this competition so that's when <laughs> they start being like shouldn't you be baking right now and are trying to distract her crash her website so she can't work on other orders they just want her to spend all her time and energy making a really good pie for the then they try to they get to her house and they realize that she's distracted by the fact that her website isn't working and she's spending all this energy trying to get it up and going so then they decide fuck it and they just absolutely demolish her house and they end up (laughs) spilling one of her potions of bliss so everyone's just blissed the fuck out and then she's like my house is turning into candyland (laughs) and then when the high wears off she realizes nope they really truly just made her house into candyland so her banister is made of licorice and the windows are made of marshmallows and it's this whole fucking thing (laughs) um so again they're trying to tell her make the best pie and they found figured out that she was stressing about what choice to make and then realized like oh my god my house is a mess. My website is down. I'm not getting any orders. Fuck this competition. I don't know what to do. Oh, I'll just put together an apple pie. Well, Renee, the prince doesn't like apples. <gasps> and the fairies know that. So they basically show up and they're like, you can't make apple pie. You have to make blueberry. I can't tell you why. Just make a blueberry pie. And she's like, this is fucking weird, but okay. <laughs> um, so then she uh, traps the fairies in the oven. <laughs> um Hansel and Gretel style and then basically peeks in and it says like if I make a blueberry pie will you guys leave me alone and they were like yeah we promise we promise just make a blueberry pie so she does gets to the contest realizes the prince is also the meat cute guy from downtown so she's like oh my god <laughs> um he's also the judge because he's the prince so he obviously falls in love with blueberry pie because he loves blueberries she wins then asks him out for coffee and then they're at coffee and then she's like um um, all kind of awkward, not knowing what to do about next. And then he's kind of awkward. And then he says, um, I'd really like you to meet my parents. And she's like, I want you to meet my parents. And then it fucking ends, Renee. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there is not even a kiss in this fucking book. This stuff is chased AF. And so again, as I said from the jump, real christian 
So they don't even kiss. uh, Literally first date. He's like, I'd like you to meet my parents, which you are to insinuate means I want you to marry me um, after one date when we haven't even kissed. So um, clearly no genital descriptions in this book. Um, (laughs) And in terms of spice factor, it gets zero out of five cinnamon challenges because it is... (laughs) There is zero, zero spice. Now, the fact that this woman's name was Reese is very funny to me because I absolutely pictured this as like the poor man's Reese Witherspoon in a Hallmark made for TV movie. Mm -hmm. It like totally had that (laughs) vibe. So it was 80 pages. So it was like pretty short, probably took like an hour to read. Um, And the writing wasn't terrible. Like, you know, oftentimes when you have people self-publishing online, it's like, ugh. There was, like, no, like, the writing was good. Um, There was no, like, spelling mistakes or any of that kind of weird shit that we sometimes find. Um, It just was really chaste and, like, a cheesy romantic comedy. Which, if that's your jam, cool. Uh, But not my jam. So, that was (coughs) Pumpkin Spice Pie Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost like the least... Yeah. That's the least Halloweeny thing I could imagine, right? And it, but but it, on the cover, it's like there is one. It says pumpkin spice pie jinx. So I'm like, okay, we're in the fall, and it's part of the Seasons of Magic collection. And this is the first one, and it's like in their pumpkins and shades. It's just it's like witchy stuff, and then she has another one with like fairies and goblins and stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is like Halloweenish, right? It's fall. It's I guess. Nothing. No, I was like, okay, this is literally just a fall harvest. Um, but there were witches and there were fairies and there were um, hobbits and <laughs> there were potions. So like there were some Halloweeny type things to it, but um, there was just a bunch of people high as fuck in a candy cane house. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's buddy. almost Christmassy. It felt kind of, yeah, it was, it, but I think it's just because it was so PG-13, or not even, like, rated G, <laughs> that, like, it couldn't even, like, I think even something being Halloween-y would have been too, like, ooh, it's too spooky. It's like oh, a girl kind of Christian was writing Jesus. romance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, don't read romance, Halloween <laughs> romance from Christians. That's my conclusion. Renee, <sighs> take us on a journey, oh. bud, because uh, I know no- <laughs> I know nothing about what you read, but you did say to me, you're like, Julie, we're taking things into a different direction this week because yeah. you just got to launch right into it, apparently. You can't even give us a description. I can't give you a description. One, the book, the name of the book spoils all of it. Um, also, I'm taking this month very seriously, and I mean to find the most terrifying, depraved scary stuff um and i did it i first shot i did it um that i can't I even describe the know. book i just want you to know that i tried okay <laughs> yeah i i did try i did try and then i was like oh there's a pun on the cover maybe it'll be very and sometimes you know when shit's like yeah like self-published on kindle or kobo like it's real filthy right so i was yes. like oh you got a pun on the cover but then there's gonna be like punny sex throughout there wasn't i tried to go spooky but you are going to outdo both of us this week. So hit me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to launch right into the story. Um, 
And you're not really going to get a sense of what is going on too much until after uh, when I describe what's happening in the book. And if you want to scream, like you do you. Okay. Cause I did. <laughs> oh, All right. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Chapter three. <clears throat> Eat small thing. The voice rumbled. You must maintain your strength. Emma reached out blindly, groping in the darkness. Immediately, a bowl of some kind touched her fingertips. She pulled it towards her with a murmur of thanks. It held some sort of nut she was unfamiliar with. Some of her unease must have shown on her face because the creature spoke. It will not harm you, small thing. I know the working of bodies such as yours. Emma ate the rest of the nuts in silence, but the monster's words floated around in her mind. It was not the first comment the creature had spoken that made her wonder if all the stories were true. How could it have brought her so much pleasure and kept her fed for days if her tribe had not had peaceful dealings with the beasts? How do you know these things? She whispered in the darkness. We have not always been enemies, small thing, the deep voice said. Then what? Emma asked. Allies? Friends? She could hear the disbelief in her own voice. Something grazed her hair in the dark and she clamped her mouth shut. She was waiting breathlessly to see if there would be punishment for her tone. Even though she was expecting it, the leg that pressed her down onto her back still drew a shocked gasp from her lips. The cold, smooth curve of a fang stroked over her cheek. Is it so difficult to believe? Did you not find pleasure in our joining? Emma flushed. I, I... Does your body not moisten at the thought of me entering you again? The monster purred. Her womanhood clenched. The creature had not taken her after the first time, but her body clearly remembered the ecstasy of being filled. Emma whimpered. The creature chuckled. Yes, small thing, our people once had an alliance. It was most pleasurable. She panted at the heat in the monster's tone. I could smell the heat off you, small thing. You hunger for me. Emma squeezed her eyes closed, wanting to deny it as her thighs fell open invitingly. The fangs moved over her heaving breasts to graze her in her thighs. Though, I must admit, I share your hunger, the creature rumbled. Emma's hips jerked as the deadly fangs grazed her wet folds. All at once, she felt a strange fluttering deep in her body. Emma's hands flew down to her belly. It is time. The monster pressed her thighs wide, bearing all of her to its gaze. The fluttering increased. It grew into a pleasurable pres uh, pressure in the depths of her womanhood. Emma tossed her head and cried out as something began to push its way out of her. The creature's fangs stroked over and over her pleasure spot until her body snapped tight. She came with a sharp cry, trembling from the force of the pleasure. Something scuttled over her thigh and off into the darkness. Before she could give it much thought, the pressure began to build again. Emma reached out blindly, grasping one of the creature's legs. She whined and writhed as another lump moved from her depths to slip out of her body. What is it? She broke off in a whine as another lump immediately took the place of the second and then another behind that. The lumps moved out of her, one after another, massaging her in her walls. All the while, the monster teased and tormented the little bud that gave her so much pleasure. Emma was unsure if she wanted it to stop or go on forever. She arched her back, sobbing in overwhelming ecstasy. Her desperate cries echoed in the high-ceiling chamber, wanton even to her own ears. Yes, small thing, the monster purred, take your pleasure. Finally, Emma shuddered hard, the last of the lumps slipping out of her. She fell back against the cool stone and gasped for breath. The creature gently stroked her inner thighs with its fangs. Were those? She broke off, unable to ask the question. My children? The creature asked, sounding vaguely amused. Yes, and you delivered them beautifully. So my book, Julie. <laughs> my book is called The Spider. And it's by someone called Adrian Blue. Now, I expected this to be a shifter book. Yes. 
It was not. It was a literal spider? It was a literal giant spider that she fucked and, and, and had its babies. Oh my god. Yeah. And like, instantly had his babies. Yeah, so here's what happened. So Emma is part of a tribe or something. She's running through the forest. This big group of werewolves are chasing her because I guess her Wait, father- Wait, to be clear, she's a, a human. She's a human. Okay, sorry. She's, she's a human. Okay, yes. continue. Being chased by werewolves, the werewolves want to mark her, of course. We all know what that means. <laughs> um, because her father has killed a million werewolves. So she's running. She gets to like a cliff. She has to like scale the cliff to get to the top. But at the top, there's a big cave. And she knows that there's like monsters that live in it. But like her tribes kind of have um, a good handle on like the creatures in the forest with the exception of werewolves so she enters the cave and then she's immediately surrounded by all these giant spiders but she really can't see um and so they're like well we're gonna eat you um so she's like no 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 like maybe we can trade for something and then this giant spider is like well i haven't reproduced in a while and so the only way for her to survive this encounter with the spiders is that she has to reproduce so she's a virgin and she bangs (laughs) this humongous spider uh, and loves every second of it. And um, after a few days, uh, she gives birth to the spiders. Um, and then the spider's like, deal's a deal. You gotta, I'll let you go now. And she's like, but I don't want to go. And he's like, well, he's like, I don't want you to go either. And I would love to keep doing this with you. So you need to go back to your tribe and let them know all about us. Um, and then you can come back and we'll fuck again. And so as she's leaving the cave, all her little spider babies are running around her legs. And she's like, they're so cute. That's how it ends. Oh my God. How many pages? 24. Oh my God. (laughs) I read it in about 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how many pages before the the fucking started? Um, uh, you know, I I don't know. So I started what I was reading at chapter three, which was 50% of the book. So immediately in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, because on, on a Kindle, it doesn't tell you how many pages there are. Um, as you're reading, it just tells you kind of like where you are in the story. So I was halfway through the book when I read that to you. Um, so before 10 minutes into the story, they were banging. Oh yeah. I and it had a kid. humongous dick. Oh, size queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of like, um, like stretching in it, which is one of the, like, like a fetish or whatever. Um, I looked into Adrian Blue, which is obviously a pseudonym. There's no biography on this person, but all of their books are like orcs and monsters. There's one about a giant moth, which I'm really interested to read. Um, All kinds of monsters. There's one where like somebody bangs the monster under their bed. There's like uh, elder gods, like all of these crazy monsters. And I'm going to have to try really hard not to go back to Adrian blue for this month because there were so many that I was like, this is perfect. Um, but I was horrified, horrified at her giving birth to spiders. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I have questions. Was there an egg sack in there? Like, how is it that she gave birth to spiders if she's part human? Like, yeah. I don't, that's why when you were like, she was running through the woods, I'm like, okay, to be clear, who is she? Like, is she a yeah. person? Because like, so you fuck yeah. a spider, you're human, he fucks a spider, and then you have spider babies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was awful. And as a mother, 
um, <laughs> who has delivered human babies. Um, I've never kept my knees together as long as I have since I read this book. Because <laughs> it's dis- And I had nightmares. I was just like, no! Like, it was oh, awful. Shit. It was disgusting and awful. But you know what? 10 out of 10. What? The spice factor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really? I mean, yeah, okay. I know what, no shame. No shame. The spider sex was very hot. Um, okay. 10 out of 10. Wow. Now, they did they never kissed, obviously, cuz it doesn't have a mouth. It has like oh. fangs. I mean, yeah, that that checks out. Yeah. Yeah, but like she got oral while she was giving birth, which is controversial. She orgasmed as she was giving birth and I was like, "Lucky bitch." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she had like good gaping sex with this spider and he was tender. He wasn't rough with her. Like he was gentle, gentle lover. Um, and it was spicy. So and 10 out of 10. Like there was some pretty good, like explicit consent conversation. Yes. Well, mm, no. Okay. So he actually, um, paralyzed her when they met because he was like, we're going to eat you. And he also was like, oh, maybe I'll make you like a pet. You can just follow me around in the dark. Um, and she's like, but let's trade. And he's like, mm, okay. So I think she was still paralyzed or like the par- paralysis was wearing off, but she agreed. I mean, she wasn't really given much choice, but yeah. she agreed, then loved it. Um, you know, <clears throat> and then by the time she was giving birth, she was just like, yes, daddy. So um, <laughs> really, yeah, 10 out of 10 uh, spicy meatballs. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Well, do you want to take a turn and I can read to you <laughs> the only part of my book that was considered like, I don't even not spicy is not even the word. It's not even the word that I would use, but it's definitely the like, yeah. You ready? I am ready. Because uh, here's some good contrast. And you know what? I think it's probably for the best that we read two very different vibes. <laughs> shows. There's a real, there's a real array, array of different things. <laughs> so, um, um, okay, so here's the deal. So she is going into town to buy some ingredients to make pie. Um, and this is where she runs into Emmett, who she thinks is uh, a man who works for the festival, but is in fact the prince in disguise. <clears throat> um, and she's running, kind of walking slash running from these creepy children that she suspected were following her. At this point, she doesn't yet know, but she's still sort of like, oh, I feel like I'm being watched. I was still walking as if the children were on my heels when I rounded the last corner, colliding with a tall, gangly man about my own age, and stumbled backward. His wire-rimmed glasses went flying about as far as my purse and all of its contents. I winced as the spilled coins, candy wrappers, tubes of scarlet lipstick, and a charging cable for every single one of my electronics hit the cold marble floor. I swayed as I tried to regain my balance, and he grabbed my elbow before I could hit the floor. I readjusted my glasses, straightening them back on my face. For a moment, I thought I heard the children's laughter echoing through the halls, but it was gone almost before I'd noticed it. Sorry, I mumbled, stooping to start picking things up. I handed him his glasses first. He set them on his nose, but they were crooked. Really crooked. Really sorry, I said again, wincing. I should have been more careful. He twisted his glasses as if trying to bend them back into shape. Something glimmered around him a shimmering in the air, and then his glasses were miraculously like new. Another fae? Nothing to worry about, he said. Ooh, was that a British accent? Delicious! (laughs) Are you all 
right, miss. He stooped next to me and began helping me gather the loose contents of my bag. His fingers brushed mine and my hand jerked back, tingling, filling my fingers. My heart thudded in my chest as his gaze lingered on me. Reese, you can call me Reese, and yes, I'm fine, I said, shoving the last lost article back into the contained chaos of my bag. My face was flaming, my hair streaked with a matching blush pink in my embarrassment. He rose to his feet, extending a hand to help me up. The moment my hand touched his, that tingling feeling filled me again. We stood facing each other and I blinked, taking in his coppery brown hair, sparkling sunflower eyes, and neat, anachronistic vest, bow tie, and slacks. His light brown skin was smooth and perfect, not even the shadow of stubble on his chin. His mouth quirked up into a roguish half-smile. He still held my hand. I yanked my hand away quickly and he looked away as if embarrassed. My heart kept up its pounding and my head felt like it was miles up in the air, like all the breath had been stolen from my lungs. I had never seen anyone like him in Cider Hollow. Oh yeah, Cider Hollow. Cider Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) And I hadn't felt so attracted to someone since I met my now ex. If I were a bit braver, if the business wasn't occupying every spare corner of my mind, if the contest wasn't days away, I'd ask him out. Maybe. My heart fluttered again as he looked back at me, and a streak of grey anxiety fell into my face as I looked down to my toes. He fumbled with the tube of lipstick and handed it back to me. I shoved my hair back behind my ear and took the tube. I'm, um, looking for Emmett at the mayor's office? He stared at me for a moment before surprise and recognition lit his eyes. Oh, me! I'm Emmett! I tilted my head at him. Didn't he know his own name? Spoiled spells. The man was cute. I pulled the form from its crumpled place inside my bag and attempted to smooth it out, handshaking. I-, I need to turn in my entry form for the Harvest Festival baking competition. You know, the one for the Fay Ball? Oh, excellent, he said, taking the paper from me. He didn't say another word, just continued to stare at me with those bright yellow eyes. Um, I muttered, off balance. Should I ask about him if he'd like to meet up sometime? My heart continued fluttering nervously and I pushed the idea back. I had too much on my plate right now. I guess that's all then. Thanks. He reached forward to shake my hand, holding it just a little too long, just like his stare. Until next time, Miss Reese. I hope it will be soon. Was that disappointment in his voice? Oh, that accent, though. Those eyes. I felt a flush flood (laughs) my face, and I turned to hurry from the building before I said something stupid. I did that when I get nervous. I I told myself it was just the waiting groceries and test receipts, test recipes that hurried my steps. After all, the contest was only three days away. The thought brought me crashing back to the ground. I was far too busy for Emmett, and I still had the broken furnace to deal with, assuming Dad hadn't fixed it yet. I had hoped nothing else had broken in my absence. That was the only... Do you sense a spice? That's like, there's nothing. That's not even... That's like (laughs) mild salsa, okay? And that's what I had to deal with. That's... That was... That was it. That was pumpkin spice pie jinx. Needless to say... Very disappointed as compared to your book. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm... Listen, I have a gift. And that gift is finding spooky things. I'm a spooky lady who can get a hold of spooky things. And I know what I'm looking for when I first spooky book. And... <laughs> okay, I get it. This wasn't it. I get it. But no, but you know it? what? <laughs> I don't even know what to say about your book. Because it's like... <laughs> It was okay. really just like a, it feels like a children's book or like a yeah. like a Christian yeah it's like a Christian Christian like 
um, Hallmark movie. 100%. Yeah, you know what? As a made-for-TV movie? A little bit. I'll be real, though. Like, I have evangelical family members. Mm -hmm. And some of them are, like, so fundamentally against anything magical. Yeah. That I'm surprised her books involve that kind of subculture. Because, really, you either love fairies or you don't. Like, it's, it's if and or. And, like, the fact that she's even calling them fae. I know. I know. I have to agree with you. And when I looked her up, because I usually always start by looking up the author to see if there's any kind of cool facts about them before I start reading it. And I was like, she said at the end of her bio, like after she was a neuroscientist and all these things that she was Christian. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, not my thing. But, um, but then, yeah, when I read the book and I was like, wow, this feels really chaste. And then, yeah, in the acknowledgments, it's like, and finally, I would like to thank God with, you know, without my creator, there's nothing I couldn't do in this world and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, but yeah, still kind of struck by, I mean, think of all the, the fundamentalist Christian people who like lost their minds about Harry Potter, right? Because it's like teaching children magic. Yeah. But yeah, all of her stuff is about supernatural. But I guess maybe if she keeps it, you know, where they don't even kiss or anything, then it's, I don't get it. But yeah, I don't say, know. It was the basic bitch of Halloween <laughs> reads <laughs> down to the pumpkin spice. Yeah, and um, there was no dark magic. No, no, it was, yeah, it was very, like, ambivalent. I, yeah, <laughs> it was. It very much was. And it was very much like if you took Practical Magic, a classic perfect film, mm-hmm. um, you took Practical Magic, put in, like, poor man's Reese Witherspoon, low budget, and put it on the Hallmark channel, that would be what we just read. Yeah. Um, wow. So I will, I mean, I have high hopes for the rest of my spooky books this month, but now I'm like, maybe they're not. Um, did you already pick all your books? Oh, sure did. Oh, nice. I deep dove on Kobo, spent hours looking and looking and trying to pick some. And I tried to pick a good variety of, because for my own purposes, but also for the bingo purposes, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try to pick different stuff so people can have, um, but this one, ooh. and again, if you were ever interested in this, listeners, like go to Kobo, go to Kindle, look up like free or like any books that are like under two bucks, um, and you'll find stuff like this with wacky covers. And usually the insides are filthy, like the filthiest yeah. shit. And I mean, your book is <clears throat> that, but yeah. Also, like right now, I know that um, Kindle has this thing called Kindle Unlimited which is typically like $10 a month. And you, it's like millions of books that you can just read for free. You don't have to buy them because you're paid for this fee. But right now it's 99 cents for three months. So that's where I'm getting all my books from. And people keep sending me, you know, that one COVID um, book that mm-hmm. people keep sending. I've had maybe like half a dozen people send that to me. Like, I don't already know, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it. But that's, like weird books like that are typically what you find in Kindle Unlimited. So, um, yeah, like dinosaur erotica, like <laughs> moth erotica, like all of it. It's in Kindle Unlimited. So you just download at your heart's content. Oh, so it's amazing. I, yeah. Well, thank you for that hot tip because you know if you're list- if our listeners are intrigued or don't believe us when we say that there is some baddie, baddie, baddie nonsense down there then uh yeah go up uh, peruse because yeah. it's wacky 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, speaking of bats, um, my author, Adrian Blue, does have a book called Taken by the Bat. And now that I know what she's about, I believe it's an actual bat. Oh. <laughs> I, fuck, I'm jealous of the, oh God. And you said she had a moth one too? She, yeah, I was, I was always scrolling. She has one with a moth. I'm not even kidding. Like she had orcs and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like they're hot, whatever. Um, Cause they're like, the age of men is over. And I'm like, take me daddy. Good. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, as I was scrolling through, I was like, oh, monster under the bed. Okay. Like monster in the like cool tentacles. All right. All right. And it was like moth. And it was like, what? So I may just read it just for fun. Oh, just for kicks. I mean, yeah. nobody loves spooky stuff more than Renee. So this definitely is, not. If you can get it on the cheap, do it, buddy. Yeah, I will. And I'll keep you posted. Awesome. Well, anyway. I think, yeah, I, I I think that I will be okay with the nonsense that was my book this week <laughs> because your reenactment of um, spider sex really did it for me. So thank you so much for that gift. Oh my God, you're um, so welcome. And uh, folks, continue to play bingo. And yeah. join us here every single week for the month of October. We're going to read spooky stuff. At yeah, and don't forget we're doing <laughs> we're doing a live reading on the thirtieth. So don't forget that. Yes, the evening of October thirtieth, Friday, October thirtieth, we are going to do a live read of a spooky book together, and it will be cuckoo bananas. Yes. Also, oh, sorry, just real quick, um, I was checking our stats, and we mm-hmm. have a few listeners in Germany. Ooh. So shout out to Germany, and also apologies for my incredibly offensive and terrible German accent last week. I Ooh. recognize it was possibly in poor taste. Understand that as a Canadian, my interactions with that sort of accent usually comes from like Nazi propaganda movies. Um, and so I apologize. Please don't stop listening. I'm just thrilled that we have European listeners. Yeah, same. And also, like, don't shoulder too much of the blame, Renee, because I've definitely butchered a bad German accent or two in doing our Amish books. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) because them Amish love some low German, so um, (laughs) don't worry about it. We've both offended Germans, but we love that you listen. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I want to also give a shout out to Kat, Catherine, who's a big listener of the show, um, because last week I started off by singing the French-Canadian classic song, Say Halloween. Say Halloween. Hey. hey. Um, and Catherine said thank you for helping her relive her childhood around the Halloween season. But then I realized that if you do not know uh, <laughs> that song, then you might have been like, what is this weird ditty she made up? I didn't. It's not a jingle. It's no. a full song. And it's that's the entire. It's fantastic. It. So literally put in Say Halloween into YouTube and your Halloween will never be the same. No, and you know what? It's really sad because my my children go to uh, French immersion, um, and we used to do that as a sing along in like the gym when I was mm-hmm. growing up, and that they're never going to experience that. So maybe I will just have a sing along at home. Sing-along. I mean, I think you'd be actually like a that's poor parenting if you don't indoctrinate your children into the Saint Halloween Halloween tradition, I agree. Um, especially this year when like Halloween's canceled. Blah blah blah. Um, Saint Halloween, Shibu, Shinu, everywhere. Um, that's how we do. <laughs> Here on Rubbish Love for the month of October. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my pal. It was such a delight. A real treat. And Do a trick. Sing us out. Hey-o! Yeah, I'll ha. sing it out. <laughs> I'll sing us out. Ravage Love. Ravage Love. Bye-bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. 
Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.